daily edition coming to you after practice last night at Beaver Stadium. A big night for Penn State football. We are getting a clear picture about the depth chart and what you should expect heading into the final week of training camp and the first week of the regular season against Wisconsin. Next week, I'm Thomas Frank Carr, your host of the BWI Daily Edition. Senior editor Nate Bauer was at practice with me last night. We're going to talk about that today. Some observations, some things that we've been uh, looking at over time at training camp. Uh, but the first thing, Nate... You uh, you were talking to Jaquan Brisker after practice, and he said something that was awesome for us when we want to bring up something interesting to talk about. What did he say to you after you asked him uh, about the quarterback at Penn State? Yeah, I, ho I hope I don't mess up uh, the exact wording, and I know that you've got the clip ready so that I don't mess it up, but... I just asked him, first I asked him about how much opportunity they get to go ones versus ones, right, mm -hmm. during during preseason. Because that's an important part of this is during the season, they don't all that much. But in the preseason, they, they do get a good a good number of reps, ones versus ones, twos versus twos. Uh, and so I asked him that, and he said, yeah, we, we get some. And I said, okay, well, specifically, how you know, what have you thought of Sean Clifford? And he said, I'm paraphrasing, uh, I think Sean Clifford is going to be the best quarterback in college football this season. Let let's hear it. Let's hear let's hear because he, he didn't really stop there either. He doubled down on this. What have you thought? I mean, specifically Sean Clifford. How do you feel like he's performed so far this preseason? I feel like um, Sean Clifford is going to be the best quarterback in all of college football. You know, just the way he prepared. You know, he's the first one in, last one out, and you know he takes his job very seriously. And um, Especially we got a chip on the shoulder this year, so he definitely came out with a chip on the shoulder this camp, and I feel like, you know, you guys are going to see what he does this year. you guys gravitate towards that? Um, yes, um, especially during the summer, you know, uh, we had a couple extra reps, and, you know, Sean stepped up and talked to the team, and was like, let's go, it's time. So, you know, it definitely, um, um, we feed off that just because that's one of our leaders, and, you know, that's our quarterback. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks so much. So, obviously has his teammates back and and Sean Clifford has been in some preseason awards watch lists which means he plays and he's a starter at quarterback position in a lot of ways but is there some truth to a hidden gem with a breakout season ready for for Sean Clifford or, or what do you what do you make of all of that I think that he has a chance that was a really to, pregnant pause, by the way. <laughs> well, look, look, like, I think, I, and I mean, I, I do think that this is the case. I think that you've seen in the past some skill, um, I, I don't know if average is the right word. It's not the right word, right? Like, you got, you got to be good to play the position no matter what, it, it, right? Like, there, there's, I'm not going to set this low bar as, oh, just anybody can walk out there, and if they're surrounded by a ton of talent, they can be a Heisman winner. That's not the case. But does he have the opportunity with Mike Yersich and with the pieces that exist on this Penn State offense to have some pretty big numbers this season and some pretty good success and limit his turnovers or if he limits his turnovers yeah absolutely i don't think there's any question about that 
that those elements could be there for him to have that type of a season. At the end of the year, is it going to make us all say, oh, well, we we totally had it wrong? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, no, I don't think so. I think we'll all say, oh, he he is who he is. We saw elements of this in 2019. They weren't there for him to have that success in 2020. That's not to right. say that he didn't make his share of mistakes. He did. He made a ton of mistakes. But the, the guy who was a rival's, you know, he wasn't a five-star, but he was a, a four-star at the five-star challenge. He was, he was elite 11, right? Like, this is, one, this is one of the better quarterbacks in the country for his recruiting class uh, and has had some success. Major step back last year, yeah. but the opportunity will be there for him to have some some pretty pretty solid success this year as well. Yeah, and that's that's where I think it's the most reasonable to come down on the what is Sean Clifford scale because I agree. Whenever people ask me this question, I will not rule out the idea that he can be a good quarterback in 2021. It's just about so many different things. And the picture being so cloudy for us because of what happened last year. What One of the things that Brenton Strange said to me last night when uh, we were talking to him after practice was, uh, again, guys, you're asking about who's stepping up, who's showing uh, well at certain positions. And he mentioned Keandre Lambert-Smith as a guy who's, you know, elevated his game, has taken a big step forward in 2021 during training camp. That is a huge factor. We've talked about it time and time again about a guy that they need somebody at that receiver position outside the top two to really take a step forward. One thing I've noticed is that Keandre Lambert-Smith has been at the front of the line when we've been watching drills. He has yep. been one of the guys that has been, you know, the proverbial first off the bus when it comes to certain positions and drills. He is, it seems like, taking that step forward. One position that is still cloudy after yesterday, and James Franklin did not make it any clearer, was the uh, interior of the offensive line. What did you observe? Because we were over with the offensive line and Phil Troutwine for a little bit today. What did you observe there, and, and what is your opinion of that interior position? Yeah, so, so um, you know, it was Anthony Wigan last night, um, and I, I didn't see Salim Wormley. Uh, so that doesn't mean he's hurt, but I, I just didn't see him. Uh, he didn't, he didn't rep while we were there and I didn't see him, um, uh, you know, around. So right. again, we're there for 20 minutes. These guys are often in and out. So you don't want to make too much of that and you don't want to read into that too much, but a guy who seemed to have some buzz and seemed to be projecting to be very, very much involved at that left guard spot, potentially as the starter, just wasn't there last night. Yeah, so, yeah, so. and it's it's our last view before the first week of the season. Before yeah. this is the last week of training camp. This is when we're seeing a real differentiation, even in the warmups between who are the two deep and who are the guys that are starting on the practice squad, or, or guys that are. We're seeing a little bit of that when it comes to the the differentiation and not having them out there that does muddy that picture. But James Franklin said after practice last night, and if you want to check out his full comments, we have it up on our YouTube page, Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. Make sure you give us a follow so you don't miss anything like that. Some pretty important information. He said... Hit like. Hit like. Yes, thank you. Hit like and hit the notification button. He said they've got four guys in that rotation. And I, yeah. 
it's it, this is when you get to four, that to yeah. me says that you don't have anything. Like when you have two quarterbacks or you have three quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. If you yep. don't have two, if we haven't narrowed this down at all from the four that we started with heading into the Wisconsin season, I do worry about a weak, weak link sort of situation where you're still searching for answers. And if there's one area you don't want to be weak, like have a, have a true weakness, it would be against the, the defensive line at Wisconsin. Are you concerned about that after last night? Or is it more of they still have time and they can fix that if they need to? I think that there are definitely uh, some questions. <laughs> I think there are definitely some questions, right? I mean, e even just the sense that Anthony Wigan, um, you know, got... Again, like, it's so limited what we can see. But Anthony Wigan had a problem with Derek Tangelo yeah. last night in the one-on-ones that we saw, right? Like, there are problems there um, when, when it, it, again, it's just a look thing, but when it looks the way that it does, and yeah. then the guy that you think is potentially there uh, as a starter isn't, um, you know, like, I don't really know about four. Like, four seems to be more than I'm anticipating to really be a factor there. Like yeah. is Eric Wilson, is Eric Wilson really going to be uh, considered as a starter there? I, I have not seen the evidence of that, yeah. um, you know? And so, so Gia, to me, it, it seems to be a warmly, uh, it seems to be a warmly Wigan deal right now. It's just a matter of, you know, who, who is there all the time, who is ready to fulfill that role. And what I can say is, you know, this is the fourth or fifth preseason practice that we've been to. And I, I would say that I don't think it's been the same necessarily from one practice to the next, right? Like, yeah. The, yep. The first, the first one was Wigan warmly was at right guard, second team. Uh, you know, then he is the starter the next week and then it's back to Wigan. So that's just, that just appears to be a situation that I I do think Phil Troutwine is insistent that he's going to play a, a, a depth and a rotation of, of players, as many as he feels confident can play. Yeah. And I would extend it beyond that. It's not just who he feels confident can play. It's uh, if he doesn't feel confident, then you gotta you gotta work it until you get a guy who you do feel confident with. Yeah, um, and, you know, and that seems to be the direction that they're going. And that's one position where there's never really been a hard line between starter and primary backup under James Franklin. And I would assume that's the case with Phil Troutwine as far as you know wanting. And he's talked about multiple times wanting to get the five best guys out there. I don't care what position they play necessarily, as long as we find the right position for everybody. But that I don't believe that philosophy of getting everyone reps so they're ready to go in the future is going to just go away with James yeah. Franklin. Uh, but yeah, not having a consistent anything at that position is super interesting. It's the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Breakfast time at the Nate Bauer household. What are we eating for breakfast this morning? I'm not having anything. My wife is having some uh, Trader Joe's oatmeal. Uh, and a friend of hers is visiting. I, I don't know what she's going to have. I no, thought I heard bacon. Maybe I'm just hungry, but no, I thought I heard no, bacon. Now, no, there's there's some toast involved. There's some some Ezekiel bread uh, raisin toast. 
Don't know if you've had it, but I haven't. No. Is it good? What what is Ezekiel bread? That sounds like it's uh it's very old timey. Is that good? It's yeah. You know what? They're like sprouted grains, and um and so it's. My mom doesn't like it. She says it's a little dense for her. You know, it's like the consistency. Well, if that's dense, she really won't like me then. <laughs> and honestly, I don't think she cares for me all that much either. It's, it's just, well, you and I are having a fresh pot of game day uh, today here on the well, daily. I, edition. I'm a mess. I, yeah, I got, I got, I got uh, sparkling water here. Uh, I mean, does it have all... any sparkle left in it at this point? It doesn't look very sparkly. It's not very sparkly. It was in the refrigerator last night. You cannot open these things. No, it, it's a one setting thing. Them... I'm yeah. glad that you understand me. I've, I feel very connected to you right now. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I love those sparkling waters, but I buy them in, like, the, the small cans or stuff like that. Because yeah. if you don't get them in yeah. one setting, they just become really flat water. It's not even – they don't turn into just regular water. It somehow becomes yeah. worse. And yeah. I just I, – I can't I can't do it. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to some football here for a second because that's uh, – I still – I'm a slow processor when it comes to this stuff. So we watch uh, – we watch camp. We talk to the players, we talk to the coaches, and then I kind of need time to digest and ruminate on what I saw, and it really came into focus over the last couple of weeks looking at a couple of players. So doing a little bit of the looks like here, is there anyone that stood out to you that looks like X? Bigger, stronger, smaller, anything like that that you've seen at training camp so far? Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would just say I spent some time with the with the offensive line last night, and Lane Tengwall, <clears throat> the the true freshman and the early enrollee, uh, is going to be a factor. Yeah, I, I think that that much is is clear. Um, he was at right tackle second team last night. Um, you, you know, there was another position that that was interesting to me, just because we've seen him at, I, and I knew that it was a possibility for him, but we've seen him previously at guard and tackle. Well, Bryce Efner was the second string center last night. So, you know, you're starting to see the signs and the evidence of players who are going to play. They're going to be part of, um, they're going to be part of the conversation this season. And so those are two guys specifically to me that, okay, we're going to be able to see and count on seeing those two guys as being part of part of Penn State's rotation there uh, on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one guy that I've been kind of taking a look at over the last couple of weeks, we've brought him up here, and you've said, Ellis Brooks, it, it's not going the way you'd hope at that middle linebacker position. And I was kind of curious as to what has been going on with him. He's listed now at over 240 pounds. He looks it, and I'm not sure I'm in love with it. Every time I watch <laughs> him move, like what he was was he was really quick. Now, he's never been fast. So you're not sacrificing any speed with Ellis Brooks. But he was a quick player. He was able to make moves to get into position. I'm a little concerned about that factor because I think he's put on some weight. And, I, again, it's not bad weight, but sometimes you just can't handle moving at a larger size. I, uh, but it, that, that's the thing is, like, are, are you able to move at that bigger weight? And I'm yeah. a little bit concerned about that particular situation. Um, on the flip side... Caden Wallace looks awesome. <laughs> he yeah. is just sculpted and huge. 
Penn State is going to have a really good tackle tandem uh, at that at that offensive line position. So those are, those are just some of my observations about guys and what I've seen at training camp because it, it's those are the things we can I think come away with when it comes to what we get to see is moves moves like looks like I really like what I've seen from uh, Kaziah Holmes as well. I think he looks super quick. I think he looks really good. So that's another situation where there's going to be a ton of depth there. We haven't even asked about the running back position in a couple of weeks now because I think everyone's just like, it's set. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's set. Uh, yeah. It's no, it's no a cane. It's no right. cane, and then, it's, and then we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but that brings up something that has also come up a couple of times with uh, the, the offensive scheme in general. And I asked Brenton Strange last night, what is what is the temperament of this offense? Would you say it's an aggressive offense? Because that's yeah. kind of the vibe we've gotten from Mike Yersich. And he said yes, but once again, they bring up, you've got to be able to run the football. You've got to be able to establish the run. Those are things I wasn't expecting of Mike Yersich, Big 12 offense. We're going to lead with the run. Is that a mentality thing? Or is that actually going to be, it's going to be a run first offense? No, I think, I, I don't know if run first is the way to put it, but I think run established as the gateway to passing success is very, very firmly entrenched. Like, I, I don't think that there's any question about that. I actually, uh, during a, uh, an off-season interview that I had with him, I asked him about the running game, and, you know, just because we're, we're all in love, right? Like, we all... Right see the passing game and it's like oh you know it's a video game right well he said that they have not he's never had a successful offense that didn't have a running back who was very very strong right yeah like it, it, he, he they've they have never had the type of success uh as an offense without having that element as as being a crucial complement to what they do. And so I don't think that there's any question that they expect to, to have to, and to be able to run the football. I, I mean, I think that's like, yeah, I, I would not be surprised by that. Um, you know, so when, when they like, yes, the, the confusion, the, the tempo, um, all of the things that they're trying to do offensively in the passing game, they can't do that. If defenses, don't respect what they are doing on, in the running game. But that's a system, right? So I do find that interesting kind of bringing all this stuff together and, and all of our off-season study of Mike Yersich is I always noticed that there's a lot of outside zones. I know it's all playing off one another, and that's an actual system. That's an offensive scheme. That's not necessarily we do X, Y, and Z. It's we do this because we want this. We do this. Yeah so that this happens later and we put these guys in conflict because they have to be aware of this. And I guess what has been interesting to me is, you're right, focusing on the passing game and Sean Clifford and the ultimate success of the offense lies there. But I I guess I'm just hoping from a uh, an analytical standpoint, from a football metric standpoint, that the mentality and the ability to run the ball are are emphasized, but not necessarily that you have to run the football to set up everything else. Just that the systems and the parts should work off one another, not necessarily you have to run the ball 
to be able to throw because that is not necessarily true. And that's not something that I think even in college football, you can disprove that fairly easily just by looking at offenses in general. Yes. I mean, I think that, I think that that is true, but I also think that, okay, maybe you don't have to do one to be able to do the other. Well, but for the offense to reach its full potential, I mean, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. It's like rocket science here, but if, if, if you want to be the best offense that you can be, uh, you're going to have to have that element. It has to be included and it has to be not just included uh, to me. I think from all indications of what they've said this off season, it has to be a significant piece of that. <laughs> right. Like yeah. that's, that, that is the gateway to, to, putting up the number to scoring the amount of points that you want to score, because that's, that's it. It, you know, he's, he's pretty forthcoming and upright or, uh, you know, uh, forthright about what this is about. And it's mm -hmm. doesn't matter how many yards, doesn't how many yards you have. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter who the leading receiver is, the quarterback, the, the running back. How many points can you score in a game, and is it enough to beat your opponent? And yep. they're going to try to score a ton of points. We'll which see if they can. But that's, leads, that's it. it. And that leads me right back to who's the explosive running back that's going to get those big plays and those touchdowns. But we've been... <laughs> we've Listen, we've been on this feedback loop now for four weeks. I'm so excited that we have actual game stuff to talk about next week. Uh, one it, couple last things to wrap up here. Uh, your article, your notebook from last night, all your observations, unfiltered, bwi.rivals.com. If you want that, and if you are not a subscriber, use the promo code BWI60. I'll put it up here for you so that you can see it. BWI60 is the promo code to get two months free so you can get the inside information from practice because we're going to be able to see practice throughout the season, and those observations always go up from Nate in his notebook on uh, you know, the day, the night, if, if it's the middle of the night, he always gets it up. So if you want to get those first, bwi.rivals.com backslash subscribe. Any other notes that you, you want to bring up? I want to ask before that, though, anything that James Franklin said yesterday afterwards that, that caught your ear and that was interesting to you that we haven't covered yet? Huh, that's a great question. Um, per Personnel-wise, I, I don't think so. He, You know, look, he he... We know we know who James is at this point, right? And right. so two weeks before the start of the season, he doesn't want to give anything away, anything. And so you know, uh, there's a there's a protocol to uh, naming a backup quarterback, and he doesn't he doesn't he didn't want to divulge that information until he had had those conversations with players. But then he extended the concept to to every. Every position battle, right? Any, right? Anything that was up for grabs um, because they haven't had... And, and, like, you can respect it. It's not a problem. Um, right. Because they hadn't had the conversations with the players yet, then, you know, he didn't want to divulge that information, um, you know, to the media. I, I, I do think one note that was apparent to me and typically holds true this time of year is they were in game prep last night. Yeah. Yep. So... So as of Wednesday, I, I don't know if that was the first time, but uh, and you saw this based on the numbers that that's always the telltale sign is players 
are, are separated, right? They, you've yep. got your first, your second, your third team, and then you've got scout and the scout guys are in those, those alternate, you know, Wisconsin numbers, essentially trying to duplicate or show looks, um, you know, so like camp is technically over it. it right. Penn state football is now in game week. Um, and then the other thing that, that I would note, and this is more up my alley, probably than yours or maybe anybody who's listening. Uh, but when he was asked about the ACC big 10 PAC 12 Alliance, <laughs> he, he, it, the only thing that you need to do is, and you sh- I would advise anybody who's relatively interested is to go watch his reaction because what he said was, oh, it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be respectful to yeah. uh, comment on something that I don't really know anything about, right? That we haven't had these conversations about, but there's a very unsubtle subtext to that. Yeah. Of, hey. <laughs> By the way, I, like I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I'm going to. Yeah, we weren't included in this process and have had not had a seat at the table, and this is something that was done outside of our purview. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. doesn't really matter what he thinks uh, right now. Also, can I can I also add some some words in there for James? Can we just make this a a co-authored piece? Go the whole way, buddy. I what, want what? it. What does it even mean? Like, that's the yeah, other half of mean? like, what is it? It's not a document. There is absolutely nothing concrete about it. So it's like a gentleman's agreement between 41 programs that we promise. We even got the promise ring on. We put the promise ring on. We're not going to cheat on you in college. Are you kidding me? Like, the, these, these universities will literally do anything to crawl to the top of this pyramid. And now you've got three separate entities that include 41 separate other entities inside of them. You can't get the Big Ten to be in lockstep at all times, let alone the ACC with Miami and with Louisville. Come on. You you know, um, as long as we're talking about uh, uh, adolescence and childhood, uh, you know, indiscretion, it's literally like your parents talking to you about being mature, right? Like, yeah. you know, we like these, these are some things that you can do. You can, you can be a person who has a clean room, right? Like you can clean your room and the big 10, the ACC and the PAC 12 heard that, right? Like, Oh, this is what the SEC is doing. I want to be like that. And they took everything on the floor in their room <laughs> and shoved it directly under their beds. Right. And so on the one hand, you've created you've created the appearance of, oh, I'm I am. I'm mature. I'm I'm cleaning my room. I've got a clean room. You don't have a clean room. <laughs> oh, it's my God. Under the bed. It's all yeah. just under the bed. We'll have to see how that one develops. But most excitingly. Uh, this is where, as you just said, we're in game week, Wisconsin coming up next week. So make sure you stay tuned to the BWI daily edition. We'll be providing you information and interviews coming up the next week about Wisconsin, get you some game prep because it's here. Nate Bauer, senior editor, blue white illustrated. He's here with us on the BWI daily edition. As always, thanks for your insight, Nate. Anytime. Thank me. Thank my son, six months old. He wants to make his presence known, too. He's excited. 
I, I hate sharing the camera with someone cuter than me, and that's why all of this has been a problem, Nate. Deep down, like you, your son, I need to stop being upstaged, okay? I'll back <laughs> off. I'll back off. My, my bad. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to YouTube. It's the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>